Look, guys, 70% of Americans don't have $1,000 in a bank account. It's not because they're financially illiterate or that they don't want to learn. It's because no one has given them room to learn. And that's about to change, and I'm going to tell you why. I created a program called Better Finance Academy, a financial literacy program designed to put you in front of your finances, present and future. We're going to show you how to protect your entire financial house, whether it's understanding your money personality or showing you how we created five different six-figure income streams within one year. See, Better Finance Academy isn't just talk. It's where talk meets action. Whether you've been in business for years or you're a millennial looking to better your financial situation, Better Finance Academy is for you. So what I want you to do, I want you to go to betterfinancewaitlist.com so you know when the program actually goes live. Again, that's betterfinancewaitlist.com, where coaching finally meets your financial goals. Now let's get back to the episode. Hey, listen, are you looking to take your So Let's Talk About It podcast experience to the next level? Well, you have to join the VIP circle. We're calling it the Close Friends. And the Close Friends is where you're going to get behind the scenes access, looking at what does it really take to create this show? And you're going to get first access to everything that we're doing. We're talking about live events. We're talking about merchandise. You're going to know first. But what I'm most excited about is a new segment we're launching to the show called the comment section. In the comment section is where we're going to be answering your questions. We're going to be answering your comments and responding live on the show. And so we want to hear from you. This is not just us talking. It's not just entertainment but it's a community. We're all on this self-discovery journey together. So we want to hear from you. So make sure you click the link in the show notes. So let's talk about it pod.com and join the VIP circle, come into the close friends and we can't wait to hear from you now back to the show. All right. So I want to start this episode by taking it back to 2019. Uh, you had just came off the job. You were now a full-time entrepreneur and we had a lot of issues when you got off the job and most of them revolved around money. At the time we were making the most money we had ever made, but we were having the worst arguments about where the money was, how it was being spent. And it was at that moment where I felt like you had robbed me of my only job in the house, which was what the household finances. Okay. Uh, do you remember what I said to you that day? What did you say? Where the hell is the money? And it was at that moment I knew, yep, that's me. <laughs> yeah. It was at that moment that I knew that we had different perspectives around money. And that was something that we really needed to talk about. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. What's going on, everybody? We're your host, Malcolm and Brittany Garrison. And you're listening to Let's Talk About It. Let's Talk About It is a space where we unpack life's transitions and their effects on millennials. As entrepreneurs and millennial parents, we've navigated a lot of life transitions. And we're here to share those experiences with you while challenging perspectives and engaging in open dialogue. Y'all ready? Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. All right. So, you know, money is extremely important in a relationship. And I think no matter how much you're making, whether you're in a great financial space or a not so great financial space, I think it's important to really start having conversations um, around what are, our, what are our habits or what are our likes or dislikes. And, um, you know, I think that was a really huge moment for us because you thought you were just doing your, your diligent service as a husband. But I felt like I was being robbed of the only thing that I felt like I was contributing to the household because I couldn't get a job at the time. You know what I mean? Oh, wow. I never knew you felt like that. 
Definitely. Because you got to think about it. You're working. You're bringing home the, the bacon, right? You're mm-hmm. bringing home the bacon and I can't get a job. So what I'm having, what I'm taking care of at the household is, I mean, I was building a business at the time, of course, um, and you were helping part time while you were working and I was taking care of the household stuff. So that's cooking, cleaning um, and f- Uh, I said food. So cooking, cleaning and whatever else, (laughs) paying the bills, make sure everything was taken care of. And so when you came home and you had a problem and you were looking for stuff that I didn't consider missing, um, one, now that we know our personality types, like in hindsight, like I understand why that was what you were looking for, because you're a very analytical person. So you needed to know you know, the facts about the money. Like, what are we spending it on? I feel like we should have this as a surplus. Like, I don't understand why we don't have more, you know, saved and put aside and invested and all the stuff. And I'm like, will you mind your business? Yeah, I was I was pretty upset. Cause, you know, like I said, I, was, I wasn't paying attention to it much. I wasn't paying attention to the, to the money much and where it went. But one thing I did understand is that we spent money very, very differently and we saw money very, very differently. Yeah. So... It struck up that we need to have a conversation, the important conversation around money, which I think a lot of couples need to have um, because it is pretty much the number one. The, yeah. Relationship killer. Yeah. The, yeah. It's number one relationship killer. And that's before marriage, because a lot of people, I think, even when they're dating, um, you know, when you start to consider money and start to consider how finances would commingle, um, you know, even when people are living together, who's paying for what? How is it being spent? And, you know, I think even when a lot of couples start talking about like um, separate bank accounts and all that stuff, like I want to keep my money, my money and all that. Well, what do you do when you don't have no money? Yeah, I feel like that's toxic anyway. But well, well I mean, that. even if you think about like when we first started living together, one of the things was me not working and you working full time. I had a problem with even talking talking to you about money yeah you, you, you like got it was like you would get mad or uncomfortable when we had the conversation around no money. that's that's the marriage conversations around money i'm talking yes. about before yeah. we got married where like if i needed something i wouldn't even come to you for it yeah and i didn't understand why my money is your money i'm like your money's not my money because you ain't my husband so i mean i don't want you to be out here we break up or something like that and you try to send me an invoice <laughs> i would of, never of back do pay. that <laughs> i'm not even that type of guy that was I what i was you. thinking though yeah i understand i understand you know what I mean? Yeah, I get it. But um, let's talk about this book that you've been reading. Um, so y'all know I talk about my parents all the time, my parents being marriage counselors. And like um, my mom was telling me about this book. She We went on vacation and she shared this book with me. It was called Eight Important Money Decisions for Every Couple. Um, it's by Russ Crossan. Um, so for those of y'all who could see this on YouTube, here's the book. <laughs> <laughs> right. um, but it's eight important money decisions for every couple. Um, and of course, it's spiritually based. But um, I was looking through it. And I'm, I mean, I feel like this conversation, I don't even really think we're going to be able to get through all eight in one episode. It's freaking ridiculous. But, you know, I want to talk about the fact that couples and money. The, the the leading cause for divorces or the leading causes for reasons that people are breaking up or people having problems in relationships, even friendships, is always money, right? Mm. Um, the top three things is what? Communication, sex, and money. And, money. Yep. and when the money is funny, I literally, I feel like I said this on another episode, but when money gets funny, everything else is out of whack. You're not having sex or if you're having it, it's trash. You know what I'm saying? It's why, why you think that is though? Be, like if if the if the couple is going through financial problems, why why would it affect 
the bedroom though. I just feel like I'm not satisfied in in a major area in life. You know what I'm saying? So, so I don't have a desire. This is not. I mean, this is not me. This is what I've I've, I've heard people say. This. I so mean, it didn't. Necessarily does money make people horny? <laughs> like, is that it? Doesn't make women horny because it doesn't. It doesn't matter. I'll say this for men: when we when we don't feel financially secure, our mind is so many other places that sex isn't the main priority anymore. Right. So why are you saying it on women? Why would you say does money make women horny? It, because here's the thing. If you're saying that it makes y'all removed. We'll have sex regardless. That's the thing. It doesn't matter how we, like, if we're well, in our head. Okay, so here's the thing. And this is definitely not a sex episode, but you know what it is? But this leads to it. I know, but yeah. you know what it is, though? If you had to if you had to rate right now, right, on, on a percentage, what is the percentage you feel like you initiate intimacy? 90. That's a damn lie. <laughs> <laughs> 99.9 oh wow wow <laughs> did i initiate intimacy uh you can't ask me that question because today you took me out i did take you, you know, out this but date I'm night saying, for, for, for us y'all night. um shout out to the date night pod but no i'm saying like all right sex in particular like how often on the out of 100 percent, do you feel like you personally initiate sex 75 okay so if if if, if let's say men Right, so I'm gonna generalize men based off of the number you just gave, and most men will probably say, "Y'all listening to the podcast?" I know you're like, "Hell no, nah, my man's is like ninety percent legit." Whatever. No. So if if a man is initiating sex seventy five to ninety percent, and you're saying that if the money isn't right, their mind is the sex is the last thing on their mind. Like, yeah, I'll do it, but it would now take the woman initiating it, right? More no, often at that point, not necessarily because because what we do when we're when we're in our heads about these type of things, these are insecurities, we release our our dopamine through sex. Like we release our stress and all the other things through sex. So I'm not saying that just because men feel like that's like the last thing. That's not the last thing, but it's not on their mind like it is. Like if you are up financially, we're still looking for that release. Because it is a stress reliever for us, too. Yeah, I understand that. I mean, I feel like y'all, sex is y'all response to everything. Like, I want to celebrate. I want to have sex. I had a good meal. I yes. want to have sex. I just saw the game. We lost. I want to have sex. I mean, so. Yeah. But, I mean, this isn't a sex episode. But I understand, like, because the finance, sometimes when the finances are out of whack in the household, that creates such a divide of, you, you don't feel... It's like you don't feel comfortable in your own skin anymore. Mm -hmm. You don't feel comfortable with that person. Sometimes there may be resentment that comes through the relationship because mm -hmm. of this. And now you start looking at that person like, uh, why are we in this in this financial hole right now? Is it because of you? Is it because of me? And you start yeah. doing this blame game. But that's what I'm saying. So that's why I feel like sex would be both sex and communication outside of the finances are the other two pillars to this. And that's why I feel like the sex will be off and the communication also is off because people don't, people don't have conversations around money, period. You know what I'm saying? Like you, we, we say it's rude to talk about money. You know what I'm saying? To ask somebody how much they're making and all this stuff like that. And I think because we have those generalizations outside of relationships, they still carry inside of them. And, you know, it's, it's really understanding that, the financial stress is what changes the level of satisfaction within the relationship. Like if you're okay. not eating dinner, like if we can't afford meals, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I can see. Do that. you want to go to bed? You're hungry. You're hungry. So you're not like, 
ah, this ain't sexy time. You know, that's like, what I'm saying. I, I got you. Or if I feel like, 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 case in point, like with my story, what we talked about at the beginning of my soundbite is like, okay, I was in a position where I couldn't get a job. I was applying for them every single day. I was doing my what I considered my best. I was building a business that was only bringing in a thousand dollars a month. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Which isn't really much because at the time we were paying for our wedding. Right. And so what you have to look at is how does that now make me feel? Because if we are in a hole, I literally am doing what I know to do. I'm trying and it's not working out. So, no, I don't feel I don't even feel like as a contributor, I don't even feel like a contributor. So I might not want to at that time. So you're saying it's it's like it's like emotional to this. You become irritable. You become hostile. You become uncommunicative. Uh, yeah. Like you're you're not having the conversations, and and you're irritable. You're you're irritable because there's so much. You know what I'm saying? There's so much more hanging over us. The sex is the last thing on my mind. Okay. All right. Let's get into these decisions then. These eight decisions. Let's okay, start yeah, with number eight. one. What's the first one? So decision number one, right? Is how much should we work? So, mm. y'all, this book I think is like I'm gonna put them in the show notes, of course. But this book is like literally wild and i'm excited to really hear from you all on this matter and on these decisions and how you view them too and we're going to talk about some things so how much should we work like if you had to answer that question like how much do you feel like a couple or individuals should be working all right so when we first got married i felt like what i seen growing up was my father worked full-time my mother worked full-time mine too so I had this this picture of, okay, we will have a two-person working household. Mm-hmm. So if I worked full-time, my wife is more than likely uh, going to work full-time or should be working full-time. Right. Um, things shifted when, of course, when we started becoming entrepreneurs. Uh, not, not that you don't work as an entrepreneur because there is a lot of work that goes involved when you're an mm-hmm. entrepreneur. I just work very, very differently. So how I felt is that, all right, if I work a full-time job, I told you, I you would never have to work. Mm-hmm. Like, if you didn't want to, you didn't have to. I would always take that reins if we ever were in a financial bind. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that I didn't have the expectation that uh, my wife should work. So how much we should work, I don't believe in overworking. Because I've seen it too much. I've seen it growing up. I've seen my dad overworking, you know, really, really work so hard that it just it it was like man like we gotta learn how to work smarter. Right. Well, let me ask you this: is is that a is that a male female thing? Because I think, um, you know, um, as a man, and we've talked about this in I think previous episodes, but mm-hmm. how do you feel when it comes to a, a level of provision in your household? Is that just a a thing that men take on that I'm I have to be a provider, whether it's sole provider or half provider, because what you said at the beginning is like, you know, I was cool with us both having a job. But do you feel like it's because men take on like overworking can happen because you take on such a role of provision for your family? Yes. Oh, that's how overworking happens is that you take on such a role of provision that you feel like you have to do this. You have to do that. And it may not even be asked of of your wife, Mm -hmm. but you feel like I got to do X, Y and Z in order to provide. And here's the thing, though. Men are not love for anything else but what they can provide. And Elaborate. Like, the first question that somebody may ask you uh, when you bring home a guy 
is what does he do? How many times do we do we hear uh, you know a friend or a female friend say they met a guy, and the first thing they ask him is what does he do? They want to know his status. They want to know uh, where is, is he. Is that a ranking? status question? Yes, like, it is. Or you, is you that really him? a status question though? Because if you have, if you think about a person, right? What is what is our life based upon? As any person, it doesn't really matter, male or female. When you think about it, okay. Most people aren't going to ask, "Is she a mom?" Oh, you met someone. Is she a mom? But that's the thing. She's. The, what does she do? The question is across the board is gender neutral. You know what I'm saying? But they don't ask. They don't ask women. What? Well, what does she do? Like, if I had a homeboy, right, and he's telling me about this female he just met and that he really likes, my first question isn't, "Well, what does she do?" What's your first question? I don't really know. I, my first question is like, you know. Does she have any kids? Honestly, because we're at that age. We're at the age of thirty that you you run that risk, right? I feel that, but does I she don't. Have any I don't. Kids? I don't think that's what the first question would be. You know what I'm saying? It, it definitely wouldn't be what does she do though. But the first question for a male and a female's perspective is what does he do? And men aren't. I mean, they're literally giving value based on what they can bring to the table financially. Nothing else. It's just finances. So men feel this pressure of I got to provide financially. So they'll work themselves to death in order to provide financially because that's the mainly that's the only way we feel like we'll be loved within our household. Because the second that you take yourself out of work or you or you don't make enough money or you're not making money at all, now is what is this nigga doing? I think that depends on the person that you're partnered with. I mean, I I, I it, think it's society. It's society too. I mean, yes, there's pressure from society that there are social norms that are created of where you would feel like if a man doesn't work, he don't eat or, you know, what Correct. is he doing? But that's it's in like, the Bible though. It is in the Bible, but. And, and that's what contributes to it. Well, I mean, I mean, even, even a man being a provider is a biblical principle. Correct. You know exactly. what I'm saying? But that gets us into the whole thing about, you know, how much should we work? Right. So there were four reasons that they gave why men would overwork. Okay. And I want you to respond. I want to hear your response to this, right? It says, uh, not four reasons, but the reasons why men overwork, right? The first one is that, well, we just talked about it, their God-given drive to provide. Yeah, we talked about it. Yeah. The second one is that their needs aren't being met at home. So they're finding something to do, basically. Yeah, this, this is a good um, perspective because they can, they can feel like, okay, if I indulge myself at work, I won't have to deal with what I'm dealing with at home. Mm-hmm. And maybe, like you said, maybe the, the needs aren't being met. And this is where sometimes it can get fickle in a, in a, in a uh, relationship is because he's hiding himself into his work that he's not responding to you or he, or he's not, um, you know, emotionally taking care of you. Don't, don't go too far because we don't talk about yeah. the woman's response to that. But, but just to that point, uh, needs not being met at home. So that's why they may indulge themselves in work. That's a very, very real thing. And it happens a lot of times um, because we are internal beings. Men are internal beings. So we internalize everything and we don't voice enough things. So because we don't want to deal with the backlash, we don't want to deal with what she might say. Or or now we want peace in the house. At the the end of the day, Mm -hmm. our home is our peace. And when it's not peaceful, we stray. So do you think that's the reason why men cheat? It's definitely a part of it. It's not all of it. Okay. So the next one was misplaced focus, which isn't is essentially talking about I'm making money and I'm overworking because I want to create a level of status. Right? Or like my focus is in 
um, not just the level of status because the next one is level of status, but my focus is based off of like, I see the value and like, I'm this person based off of what I'm making, like what you already talked about. And so their focus is based off of, I have to do this because of what I need it to look like. Like they're trying to keep up with the lifestyle that they, that they're looking for or, look or that they're friends. Hold on, mother. I'm going to find it in the book. Because I mean, misplaced focus. I'm not sure exactly what that means. But if a guy is focusing on his career um, and he's trying to get to a certain level, I can understand why his focus wouldn't be 100% in his relationship or in his marriage. No, I was right. It says he may be concentrating on generating more income as a measure of success. Men can easily reason that long work hours are a small price to pay for the prestige and power money brings on a worldly level. His identity is now in his job. Correct. And that is the toxic hard work. It's the stuff that you say, okay, I stay till 9 p.m. Uh, because I'm working hard. And you may not even be really working hard. You just feel like you are. So you feel like you're progressing. And what that does, though, if if you get home at 10 o'clock and you see your wife or your significant other for two hours and you've been at work all day, well, what does that create dynamic-wise within your relationship? Well, what it says and we is, don't see it. Well, what it says is that he's really seeking meaningful, meaningful purpose. Yeah, he's thinking meaningful purpose, but it's Meaning. attached. It's attached to a job, and it's attached to an income. Meaning, right. it's to because feel like I have meaning, and that my my myself has purpose. Correct. But to what your question was, what does it do to relationships? I think that's why there were so many reports during like the beginning of COVID, where relate where marriages weren't prospering and they were falling apart because they had never been past that two hour stint of I just got home at nine o'clock and the kids are asleep. You got my dinner. We talked for an hour. We went to bed. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There were so how many people. We're in that space where I only see you in between the hours of eight and eleven. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's a lot of people. I mean, and and for men, men just can't. We always gotta be looking uh, to move forward. We're always looking to progress in some form or fashion. That it's very easy to now find your identity in what you do because 100. Oh, you know, because that that brings some of the other things and that, that might bring attention. That might bring uh, solace. That might bring uh, confidence, you t- especially insecure men. They definitely are, are trying to wrap their identity in within they do, with, with what they yeah, do. Yeah, and that's why I said he's looking for what – I think it's important not to just look at what we said, which is misplaced focus or that, you know, you're looking for success. as. But it's the fact that what that really is in search of is feeling meaningful and having purpose. You know what I'm saying? Which you already talked about the next one, which is being in pursuit of position. That means like I have to, you know, hit the ranks. I want to be the senior VP at my job. Or if I'm an entrepreneur, I need to hit the million dollar mark or make my first six figures or whatever that is. Um, Pursuit of position. You already talked about that. But I think I think to that point, I think that's why it is important to ask how much you should work, because if I'm going for a position of VP, Understanding the workload of a VP or understanding the time uh, away from your family, how much like is your partner really, really ready to experience that with you? What comes with the income? What comes with that? But that's that talks to the point of communication being the other issue. Right. Or why things are falling apart or why people people aren't having um, they're not communicating about it anymore. So I think it is important, like even when we're talking about our business. Right there were moments where we had to have conversations collectively as to what would suffer if 
if we decide to pursue this next level in yeah. income, this next level in our business, these are the things that are going to have to go on the back burner even if it's for a period of time. Correct. But I think what, what changed for us was our willingness to communicate about that ahead of time um, to say, you know, this is what, okay, we're not going to be able to take that trip for your birthday. We're not going to be able to do this for our anniversary. We're, we're going to do a staycation downtown. Yeah. I got a plug with a friend. It's going to cost me $80 to get a hotel. You right. know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, we're going to go to the movies. We're going to go bowling. It's going to be very low key, right? Um, there were things that we sacrificed in regards to visiting our family out of town. Like, but we had that conversation and the difference being the level of communication, because as a wife, if we were in corporate America and you were, or even when you were working your job, if you said, babe, okay, I want to go for a a regional manager at my job because this is what's going to pay, you know, let's say it's what a hundred grand. Yeah. No. Right. Yeah, probably. It's going to pay me a hundred thousand dollars. Now we'll be a hundred thousand dollars. It will be a six figure home, but my hours are going to go from working seven to seven to going to six to nine. That was honestly, that was a, like when I was working at enterprise, I wasn't actually trying to get promoted for that very reason. The very reason of, I knew the time that I wanted to get back. And if I had taken that promote, if I would have tried to pursue a promotion, we'd have saw even less of each other. Mm-hmm. And, it would have been that identity thing. I would have got wrapped up in becoming this manager, this branch manager and all these other things that I've seen it happen too many times that now you see less of me. I'm overworking myself, but I am providing something. I'm providing financially for my family, but I'm not necessarily happy. And and a lot of men fall into that trap mm-hmm. is because they, they are into the, into this pursuit mm-hmm. and they do feel like, okay, I am providing for my family. I am, I'm doing well uh, financially for them. But you don't understand that you don't, you're going somewhere you don't want to be or you're working hours you don't want to work for this very, very reason. And we do it constantly um, just so we can provide and not understanding that you're doing more harm than good with your relationship, with your health and everything else. Mm-hmm. Well, the last one is that they, a man would overwork because he perceives that his wife isn't satisfied. So that's a that's a um, that's a tough one because it's, it's, it's a real thing. Um, we. We feed off of y'all energy. Mm-hmm. Men feed off of, off of their women's energy. And what I mean by that is if you're sad, if you're moping around, if you if, if I feel like you're not satisfied in some area and I don't really know, and honestly, we don't really know how to feel it. Mm-hmm. We don't know how to satisfy this, this particular area, but we know one way to do something. Mm-hmm. We'll continuously do that. Like, right. like if I know how to, if I know how to make money and she's not happy, I, th- I've, I literally feel like, okay, I just need to make more money. She'll be happy eventually. Mm-hmm. And that may not be the case. Now, from a woman's perspective, what would you, what do you think women would be unsatisfied with, though? I feel like the word unsatisfied is relative and it could fall into many categories. It could be I'm unsatisfied with the time we don't spend together, I could be unsatisfied with my own personal life. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. you might feel like if I make more money, well, maybe we can take more trips or maybe I'm, it go, it could go back to, you know, who, who I'm around. And, you know, I have a lot of friends that are wives and, you know, it could be, I'm looking at, you know, this, my one friends that, you know, they've been to Cancun three times in, in this year. And now why we ain't gone on a vacation or, you know, the the wife that can put her kids in daycare and we can't afford daycare. So it could be anything um, that could leave her unsatisfied. But I think the majority of it is 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 
probably I think it's self-inflicted because what it mm. says is he perceives that. That doesn't mean that that's true. You know what I'm saying? Gotcha. That doesn't mean that that she personally actually is lacking something or looking for something. Um, but, you know, I think we talked about this on the IG Live one time. I just think it, it's couples aren't building together anymore. They're not looking at it from a building block perspective when it comes to relationships. It's I need you to have your stuff together and I need to have my stuff together. You know what I'm saying? And we're going to bring our our together together. They're, we're not looking to to build together where, and of course, if you're 30 and you're dating right now, or you're 28 or you're 35, you're not, I can understand that. But at the same time, it's like you're not losing time just because you're now seeking relationship at these uh, what we call an older age. We're not that old because it's like, okay, cool. We're about to turn 30 and the conversation that we had at dinner or the conversations we've been having just in 2022 in general about where we see ourselves by 40, by 35. We're looking at the next five to seven to 10 years. So what we did in our 20s was great. But we didn't even really get started till we were 25. Correct. So what we've done over five years and now our mind is, okay, what are we doing over the next five, the next seven, the next 10? And so if more couples came to the table or individuals came to the table with the willingness to build, no matter what the age range, I think that would change the perspective the perception of what either of them are seeking because we're communicating about where we're headed. Hey, you got all your stuff together. I got all my stuff together. Well, what can this combo, what does this, like we should be Shaq and Kobe. We should be (laughs) LeBron and Kyrie. (laughs) Like we should literally be able to do something absolutely spectacular because we came to the table all together. But I don't think that's the conversation. It's like, yo, you need to have all your stuff together so I can stop working. That, that's the unfortunate part I see because I ask a lot of single men now like what are you seeing out there dating wise and they're saying that people like women are looking for this Cinderella man that that has everything together and I don't really think it exists and I say if it does exist it comes with things that you may not be willing to accept Um, but that's a whole nother conversation (laughs) well this after it talked about the the reasons why a man would overwork, it talked about the wife's response. Okay. And what? The first response I said is that she feels unfulfilled because you're overworking. You're not there. Um, especially if you have kids. Like, I can only imagine, like, uh, the way that we operate with our son now um, as new parents. Like, I don't, sometimes I talk about it all the time where I'm like, I don't know what I would do by myself. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what I would do if we had a corporate situation. You know, if you were working full time or can I say this? That is a part of, like, th- with me, that makes me feel guilty at times. I'm like, yo, if I worked full time and, and she was to be at home with him, how would she resent me? You know, like, like, would she resent me? Would she feel like, well, I'm out here, you know, raising our son. And he's a handful, you know, at Love that. You. Love you, baby. <laughs> will you feel unfulfilled? Or will you feel some level of resentment in men? I don't know if men think about that. I know I do. Uh, I know men out there think about this, but it is a dichotomy that we that we got to start talking about because of this topic of how how should we work? Yeah, but I think most of it is is I think the unfulfillment. I think it's unfair to say that a wife's unfulfillment or the woman's unfulfillment fulfillment in this uh, scenario is only because he's gone. Some of it could be mm. because what do I contribute outside of this part? Like, what would our lives be like? Would you have to over... That's that's me, though. The way that my mind works is 
considering him is considering okay well if I were to working would he have to work this hard or or have this many hours or pursue this position if I too could find a way to contribute to our household that's the unfulfillment on my end but I understand like for me if it was just me and Caden all day that I 100% would probably feel unfulfilled in our relationship if we weren't doing spending that time but i think it also comes back to communication of now creating the dot the parameters around your relationship based off of what the situation is because okay cool if what if what i need from that is okay we have to make sure we are consistently reconnecting we don't even have that situation but we have to still be intentional about reconnecting you know what i'm saying so if that means i need a vacation out of the country every quarter if i'm going if this is what we're going to do but like i said it goes all the way back to communication the other one was feeling unlike loved you know what I mean because maybe you're too tired when you get home that all I have done is watch the kids all day made you dinner had a clean house and you came home you ate you probably watched the game because you need to decompress that's the other aspect that I feel like you know when somebody is overworking or working hard is that you want to come home and you just want to relax and so I might not get the deep conversation. You know, y'all men, y'all hate, y'all hate a, a deep question. Listen, y'all, Don't. y'all be saying deep questions at twelve a.m. in the bed. Like, you know, what are your goals in the next twenty years? <laughs> like, what? I'm trying to go to sleep. I understand that, but that might be the moment where it came. And so, 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 let's say that. Let's say. All right, let's be real. My husband likes to watch basketball. So there's plenty of times that I go to bed by myself because you watching a Western, I mean, you you, you watch Com- the, yeah, the Lakers, Conference. right? So you're watching Western Conference, which means their games are starting at 10 p.m. That's 7 o'clock over there. Correct. So you're watching a 10 p.m. game, which means your game ain't over to midnight, 1 o'clock in the morning. So you mad at me because you're ready to go to sleep, but you spent all your time watching the game. So when I want to have a meaningful conversation, how that's where a woman could feel unloved because, nigga, I don't let you do you. Like, mm-hmm. I, I make it a point to give you your space when it comes to basketball. You know what I'm saying? But we've had conversations about that, too. You remember a couple weeks ago when you was watching the games all Day yeah, yeah, yeah. Long. It was, it was good ones, you know. And it wasn't even like I was. It was. I. It had nothing to do with you watching the games. It had everything to do with you not realizing that you had spent no time with me. Correct. Correct. I have because I'm not that. I'm not that person that's gonna be like, oh, so you just gonna watch these games all that? No. I need you to recognize it. And this is where the unloved thing comes in because I feel like for women, it's it's it's. I need you to. I need you to recognize it. I don't want you to recognize it because I brought it up. Because that's where y'all talk about us nagging, which is the next one is nagging for attention. So now that I bring up that you watching the game all day, you spending all this time on this couch, you having a grand time with all these niggas on TV, but you don't want to spend no time with your wife. You know what I'm saying? That's where y'all now receive it as nagging. And so I feel like as women, the reason why we always say stuff when you're like, oh, well, you could have just said your response to me was you could have just said something. Yeah, I did say that. But I'm like, that's the problem is that we don't want to have to keep saying it. I don't I need you to notice. And I think that's where we I feel like as women, we get so much, you know, just peace in knowing that you paid attention to it. Like that it like because that makes me feel like an afterthought that I had to bring it up to you for you to realize you spent no time with me in that day. Yeah, you got you got on me about it. I was like, oh, in a nice way, though. Nice. Like, I know I was glad that you brought. I, I was glad that you brought it up because it brought it to my attention that okay, 
I don't always need to watch these late games. Like we need to have time where we're where we're together. Like there's a game going on right now, but that doesn't matter. And the thing matter. is, it's not about the game. Yeah. And I don't really, you know, I understand that. That's my, my, my area. I feel like that I thrive in is, is the shoe on the other foot. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, because if I was at a, if I had a gig or something like that and I had to be out and I needed to be in the studio and I'm out till one, two in the morning, I don't want you to feel the same way. You know what I mean? We had a dynamic like that before, but my point is that it's not about you watching the game. It has nothing to do with that. It has to do with outside of those moments how are you nurturing your relationship with your wife when you do have the time i'm not trying to take away the time that you have to decompress and watch games because you you find enjoyment in that and i don't want to take your enjoyment away but outside of those moments what are you doing to nurture and water your grass of your marriage so with with this first important money decision meaning how much should we work what was the solution or did they give a solution they did. I just don't recall it. And I don't want to give away the whole book, like if people want to read it, you know, but what would you say? I mean, what would you give as a solution based on what we discussed so far? I would say 100 percent. You got to be be willing to communicate early with your partner on, OK, if you are if you are working a job and you're going for a particular position, what does this position look like uh, time wise away from your family, with your family and communicating that to your spouse and understanding Allowing them to decide whether they are on board with that or not. And then if they're not, now it's time to come to the table with a compromise. Mm -hmm. Now it's time to come to the table with uh, what are we willing to give up together? Because at the end of the day, if, if if one person is working and the other one isn't, there has to be some kind of compromise. And if they're both working... They both definitely had to compromise with something uh, because you're going to be giving up something within the relationship. Well, I want to also say that 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 doesn't have that's not just corporate. Like that's not just no, employee not corporate. to employee. The same thing happens in entrepreneurship. You know what I'm saying? The same thing happens if you're building your own business, you're self-employed. Like it, it's not a relative to the workplace. Those conversations have to be had regardless. But that leads us to decision number two, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which. I think is even is is like a perfect next decision, which is should the mom work outside of the home? Should the wife and mother work outside of the home? How, let me ask you this: like, how does that question even make you feel? The mother working. Outside now that of the you home. have a kid, right? Now that I have a kid. Well, this is this is what changed for me. Like, because when I first saw marriage, I thought, okay. A woman work. I mean, a man works and a woman works because my mom and dad we were both working a job. Mm-hmm. When I saw what it takes to to raise a, a child, I said, "Well, my wife doesn't have to work if she doesn't want to, because I'll hundred percent take on that reign. That's just the sacrifice I'm willing to I'm willing to make, and I communicated that with you. Uh, should women work outside of the home if you're a mother i feel like it depends on the financial goals that y'all have the uh the mental health of her mm-hmm. and w- if the man is willing to you know have some time you know because you're gonna you're gonna lose time with your wife too if she does but you're also gonna have to take on other roles and you're gonna and you're gonna take on other roles which is also something that you got to bring to the table, like, am I willing to do that? Am I willing to do this for my partner in order for her to work? Are, Maybe you, willing, so- are you willing to cook? Like, I feel like my baby. Hell no, I'm not Kaden willing to cook. Kaden would be fish sticked no, out. I'm not willing to cook. But you know this. 
and we would have to find an alternative. AKA a chef. I, that's still on my radar what? regardless. A chef. Yes. Paying for a chef? A hundred percent. Absolutely. She's crazy. Remember I said this. Yes, remember she said that. <laughs> so and she didn't get so it. So it's <laughs> has it's already done. Okay. Um, so reasons a mother works outside of the home. The first reason will be a need for more money. I get that 100% because we both grew up in households where not only our father worked, our mothers worked, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I think it's it, it just boils down to we need two incomes. Like, you know, I think that's the part we, what I was just talking about where it's like when two people come together, you know what I'm saying? Um, okay, if you make 50 at your job, I make 50 at my job. We make 100 together as a household. Yeah, people um, sleep. You know, or your business is bringing in 50000 a month. My business is bringing in... 40000 a month? Well, we make $100,000 a month as a household, though. You know, so I think the need for my money is, is real. Um, the second one is to meet her own emotional needs. Now, in the space that I'm in as a new mother, Talk about that. 100%, hell yes. Wait a minute. So you're, you're saying that women or, or mothers in general would work outside the home in order to have their needs met emotionally? Well, yes. Because okay, talk about that. I feel like when you're when you're talking emotions, right, it's it's not it's like you're emotionally overwhelmed after you have a child period because your hormones are effed. You know what I'm saying? Like your hormones are trash. They're trying to re-regulate. So your emotions are all over the place. And so when when we say emotionally, um, well, my my interpretation of emotionally in this in this um situation context, yeah. in the context of this conversation is it is it me meeting my needs for another man or me going to work because somebody I got a work husband you know what I'm saying that's not what now that could be it too you know what I'm saying it could be that the same thing you said is that my needs are being met at this place um I feel confident in this place but I think I think those are good things like I don't feel like that should be seen as a negative. I think you can flip anything that has a negative connotation into a positive because why shouldn't I feel confident? Now I feel like you should have that in your household, but why should I not want to pursue something that makes me feel good to pursue a sense of purpose? That's the same thing they were saying about the man. And I feel like sometimes as moms, we can lose our sense of purpose because now my whole, my whole life is wrapped around being a a wife and being a mom. I'm trying to make sure I'm upholding my wife, you know, my wife, uh, my wifely duties, but while also tending to the needs of my child. So what's wrong with me wanting to go to build a business, to go to work, to get my emotional needs of uh, of feeling needed outside of just this this um, this group of people. What's my sense of purpose? What do I bring? The, what's the value I give to the world? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. What's the value I bring to the world? How can I make a contribution outside of my household? What the hell are we going to talk about all day when we together all day? All day. <laughs> right. You got to go. I got to let you watch the game so you can tell me something different that I didn't see. So because we sitting here together all damn day. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I get it. Yeah. So I can 100% understand. And I'm not saying like, like you know what I'm saying? We've built a business together. We've been together. But at the end of the day, in our household, we're together all the time. So when you started going to the gym, when I started going to the gym, it, those are just small things so that we great. needed yes. just to not be up under each other all day Dang. long. So I 100%, you know, feel that like meeting your own emotional needs, being able to feel what you need to feel. Like sometimes you just, I, why am I, ta- I'm taking a two hour target grocery store run just so I can be in the car and be by myself. Right. You be so, I'm like, 
She didn't get that many groceries. I got She's three things, but so I was long. gone for two hours. Yes. That's I need crazy. to meet my needs, right? Um, but yeah, I think that's what it is. Like, but now for some women, it could be that you got a work husband or there's some someone meeting your needs. But that's not what I ain't, I ain't trying to go there. Oh, that's Lord. the real about it. But I ain't. That's not my situation. That's not my view on it. But the third one is a lazy man. So now you feel like you have to because you have to pick up the slack in your household. Okay, talk about that. I mean, it is what it is. It is yeah, self-explanatory. It's <laughs> like, like you feel like you got to pick up the slack. Like at the end of the day, the bills got to get paid whether you can get a job or not. Right. Gotcha. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not about to be homeless. So, so, so is the book saying that that is a conversation that needs to be had with your spouse? Well, it's like, saying, hey, it's nigga, saying, you lazy, so I need to go get this job. Well, it, it was breaking down. Like, what are the reasons why a a mother would feel like she had to go work? Ah, uh, okay. It's not saying that these are the conversation that the conversation to have is should the should both of us be working? Gotcha. That's okay. the conversation. But why would I need to work? Like if I like right now with the the state of our life, the state of our 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 relationship, the way that we've made our money for the last five years as entrepreneurs. If I came to you and said, "Hey, babe, I want to get a job," what really would go through your mind? Why? Correct. So that's what we're talking about. These are the reasons why Got somebody it. would say, okay, cool. We just need some more money. Oh, well, I just want to, you know, I was talking about this to somebody else. I said, I never have had a desire to work again, a, like a, a job, a, a corporate America position until I had saw this project. It was called the mom project. And it, it was like the indeed for moms, like moms that have taken gap years to be home caretakers, mom, you know, because the issue when it comes to getting back in the workforce after that is why haven't you had a job in seven years? Right. It's a lapse. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of, a lot of moms end up in positions where they can't get, positions because of the lapse in their work experience and so when i saw the mom project i was more bought in i was like i would willingly work for these people because i love the vision and the mission of what this is going to be long term in the world the purpose for it you know what i'm saying so if that was my conversation it would be to meet an emotional need gotcha okay does that make sense yeah so the next one was money first off you just need that's that his his money like we had that situation like nah i need my own money like i don't want to even talk to you about what i want to buy and you know i'm (laughs) y'all the saddest thing that ever happened to me was when mark left his job and he didn't have his own money he was controlling (laughs) i'm like bro i don't even know why you over here talking to me about my money do you think it's important for couples to have their own bank accounts or how do you feel about that I'm not a I'm not a own bank account kind of person, right? Um, I feel like the way we do our money is is literally we just have accounts for everything. You know yeah. what I'm saying? There's a business account. Um, you know, there's account we pay our bills from. There's well, multiple business accounts, but accounts we pay our bills from. Um, we have a joint account where we just expense whatever. Um, but I don't think there will be an issue if you had we had a joint account where this is where we spend money and if we had separate accounts where we spend money for ourselves. Yeah. I mean I think I think if if you're going to do that, you definitely want to have that conversation because it can seem as if things could get could get iffy with that. Like if you had your own bank account and you're married and you're what it shows is that you're looking to spend money outside of your marriage and not tell them. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think that that raises problems. Well, I think because when people start having that conversation or those um, debates about it, it's, 
always a it's my money. It it you you lose the, the we because it's not yours. You lose the we. Yeah. No no no. It is yours. But it's, what we are doing ours. is bringing it. No 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 no. If you make money on your job, mm-hmm. I make money in my business, mm-hmm. right? Or I make money on my job, you make money on your job, you make money in your business, I make money in my business. Mm-hmm. It's our money that individually that we bring together for our household. Correct. Right? And what the conversation ends up ha- happening is that people are saying, this is my money. I want to spend my money my way. What I'm saying is, it is your money. You are doing what you have to do to bring that money to the household that we bring bring together as individuals that's what it is it's one person and another person coming together it's one financial situation and another financial situation coming together the problem is when people are having that debate it's all about my 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 and not turning your mind into a we yeah it brings division i'm fine with saying okay my business is bringing in this much and this is where we're going to put our money in this business in this investment in this um these this is how much i have to contribute to the bills from what i bring to the table Mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying yeah. and so that's how we uh, that's how i feel like it should be divvied up that's that's just my own personal opinion what do you think i think it brings division when you when you try to bring that up like like you said when you start using that i word within marriage mm-hmm. it never goes well because you, you're forgetting that you're signing up for not just you anymore you are forever thinking about somebody else so anytime you come to the table with well this is my money or this is your money there's going to be an issue eventually, if, even if it's not yet, there's going to be a, a an issue eventually because that money, I think, should be going to your, to your direct household and then you split it up amongst where it need to go. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, so I agree. I agree. Number five was material needs for the couple. So maybe your income takes care of the household, but if I bring in an additional income it can take care of us wanting to buy a house. It can, it can be, you know what I'm saying? Because mm, we've lived off okay. of one income before we've lived off of just your job. Right. So imagine just your job plus now the business. Right. And in that situation, well, the business money, well, we're obviously fine living off your job. Correct. This is all extra money. So what if I, we take the extra money that's coming now from my business and we put this away for a year? Well, now we have, you know, six figure savings account. Does that make sense? Yeah. So that's talking about like, what are the needs that we have as a couple? Do we want to travel more? Right. Do we want to put our son in private school or, you know, maybe it's a college situation. So, um, it could be that we have needs as a family that we want to take care of. Mm -hmm. That'll be better taken care of. If we create more income, society says you can't be fulfilled as just a caretaker. And I think that's utter BS. And it's, it's trifling as hell to say to a woman, that you can't be fulfilled in life if that's if that's what you choose to do and you chose to be great at it why should why should you feel like you can't do that and be fulfilled in life so it's saying that women can't be fulfilled and that's what society they, says and so there's like if they're not a mother no if they're a mother that's only a homemaker got it that they won't feel fulfilled i mean is it true is it not I can see both sides of it. I think I just feel like society should. I just feel like why are you putting parameters on a person to say that you can be or you can't be or you will be or you won't be based off of what you're doing? Because there's 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 people that work full time and they don't feel fulfilled in what they're doing. They're building their business hard as hell and they don't feel fulfilled. 
or like that post we saw the girl who was saying I'm 32, 33, 35, whatever she was, and she was like I'm successful in my business. My I got a nice house, I got the cars, I got I got the money, but success to me is having a family. Mm. And so it's like society puts these parameters on us and put us in these boxes. But I also understand that there, like I said it before, like there's the mom that could be working full, I mean, not working full time and a full time caretaker. And it's like, I just want to contribute something to the world. So I see both sides of it. I just don't feel like society should be able to put the, the, the parameters around a mom or a woman to say, this is what will fulfill you. One or these things, one or these things. I got you. The potential consequences. They said where uh, if a mom goes to the workplace and they're now both working is that she could be now undermining her husband's authority. Mm, in what way? You tell me. Why would a man feel like his authority was undermined because his wife went to work? Well, I told you that we already feel like our our value is based on what we bring to the table financially. So if you start making money, that is automatically, in hindsight, devaluing what the man already brings to Why the table. Why does it devalue what you bring to the table? This is how we feel. You know, it, we. I mean, we don't always cook and clean. You know, we don't do a lot of things around the house. And you could. Soci- yeah, we could, but society gives you the pressure of one thing. And it's, what do you provide for my daughter? What do you provide for my for my uh your, your wife. What are you going to provide for your wife financially? So the problem is that most men don't want to roll reverse and be a house husband? Hell yeah, we don't want to roll reverse. That's the, Yes, that's 100% So thing. you would feel like less of a man if I brought in more money? No, no. I'm not saying that. I'm, I wouldn't feel less of a man at all because I'm very, very secure in who I am. What I'm saying is the second that the woman starts to bring in money... And he only knows how to make money. And that's how he sees his value within the household. That is an immediate threat. And if you are coming around the house and you're walking around the house and you're throwing your weight around, I don't know. I don't really know what they mean about undermining your husband's authority. I don't know in which way would you undermine your husband's authority because uh, probably this sounds like a disrespectful one, you know? <laughs> like, nigga, this is my money, bro. Yeah, she, yeah, so stuff like that. Like, stuff like that. You better, sh- you can get out. No. I pay the bills up in this. <laughs> yeah, stuff, saying stuff like that is like, okay, what do you mean? Like, no, I do think that's hella disrespectful. That is, that is when you're, now you're trying to devalue him mm-hmm. intentionally. Mm-hmm. And we have very fragile egos anyway. So, to this point, I don't know. I mean, it could, that could mean a million different things, undermining your husband's authority. I'm just saying financially, though, we 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 bring our value that way. So if you already don't need us financially, we won't feel needed at all much. That's you know, weird. now, I mean, of course, sexually maybe, but, you know, I ain't gonna lie. So women start making money, they feel like they don't even need a man. I mean, that, oh, that's right. a whole other thing. Now, but, here we go. Now, you can't you can't take away the needs. <laughs> I don't care how much money I ever make. <laughs> I've seen this so many times out here. Like, I don't need no man. Well, you do. You do in some sense. Like we, You they can't be, just say that you don't. And that's why they be in the house with their roses. Exactly. Looking like SpongeBob with no water talking about, I need it. Exactly. So, I mean, we got to be honest with that, but. Well, the other thing I think, and I want your your opinion on this. We honestly are, are part two. Yeah, we only have four minutes. Will you shut up? <laughs> what kind of pastor, like, bro? You can roll over. No. Okay. 
This is what I really want your opinion on. It says she would no longer have energy for nurturing and imparting into the kids. I think that's when it becomes a problem. I think that's when the working becomes toxic Um, because y'all are born nurturers. Trying to get a man to try to, to be a nurturer. I think you have way less of a chance than your natural ability to nurture our child. And if you're working all day, if you're, if you're exerting so much energy into what you do and that is lacking, I feel like that's going to bring issues into the marriage that that wasn't there before. And that is why the conversation has to be had of, okay, you're going to work, but what about, you know, cooking for us or making our son's lunch or, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like things that may have to go around the house. I understand that. But, but my question to you is now like, so you couldn't make our son's lunch. I, you couldn't put some damn nuggets. These, these, in are, the, these are like I've, small okay, things, but I you know, know what but I mean. I'm saying like in my household. Right. And I'm speaking for, I'm speaking from experience because in my household, my, my father made breakfast. My mother didn't make us breakfast. My mother made dinner. My father made breakfast. Because he was the one that got us ready for school. My dad woke us up in the morning very obnoxiously. (laughs) Um, You would damn near get a heart attack (laughs) while he was trying to wake you up. Um, And he would make us breakfast and he would send us off or take us to, you know, when when he would take us to school, he would take us to school. But there was another period of time where my dad went to work before anybody was awake. You know what I'm saying? And at them point of times in life, we didn't have no breakfast. My mom was like, you you good? My mom was still in bed by the time I had to go to school in high school. Only reason I would see my mom in the morning is if I missed the bus. You know what I'm saying? But I don't feel like I was less than nurtured just because your day didn't start at the same time as mine. You know what I'm saying? So I don't feel like you should feel like I, you're telling me that there's no way for you to contribute. So I can't work because I need to make breakfast. I need to make dinner. <laughs> I need to make sure the house is clean. And I think those are I'm things. I'm not that saying you, that. That's what you said. I'm not saying. I'm saying no. What I'm saying is, there. For one, y'all will feel it. If you feel like you're not giving energy towards your kids, I feel like the mother will feel it. Do you do you not think that? I mean, I feel that way sometimes now. Where I'm like, dang, he's been with his dad too long. I should probably go get him. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> just because we trying to relieve each other you know definitely <laughs> but i feel like a working woman would feel that that pull away from yes. her kids my thing is this which is why you have with, to have the conversation i think the conversation is needed but i think it's unfair to feel like just because she works that she no longer will have any energy for her family i agree that's not fair to say that that will happen but i think what this book is saying is that it's very very it possible. is possible, yes. It's, and it happens more often than not. That's probably why they brought it up, because it happens mm-hmm. more often than not. When but a woman decides to go to work, the level of attention to the kids change. And when that. you are the primary nurturer, you can see the change, and so can the child. Do you think, I think that's, that's why they bring it but up. But do you think that's based off of going to work after you've been a homemaker? You know what I'm saying? Because what if I was working before I got pregnant? I was I was working through my entire pregnancy. And then after my six weeks or whatever it is in my my job allotted, I went back to work. 
because my like I said, I grew up in a household. My mom, she worked in a child care center. She was a child care director, right? So when I was born, she was my actual teacher. You know what I mean? My grandmother, her mother, she started a daycare in her house where other people could bring their kids to the house because she didn't want to take my mom nowhere, right? And mm-hmm. so with my brother and my sister, my mom was a center director, a child care center director. So my brother and sister went to her job with her, her job just so happens to be a childcare facility. So if I'm already in this position, is that really true? Or is it, I mean, the question, I mean, it's kind of, I guess, up in the air. The question will be based off of, is that because she was a homemaker first? I think who it'll went make back it worse. To work? Yeah, if you're a homemaker first, I think it'll it'll heighten. You'll see the difference quicker. I think that's the only way you can see the difference because if this was already our life. Yeah, that's true. You know what I'm saying? If this was already our life and we were only home for six weeks, that was that's that's just what it is. So I don't I don't feel like I, I understand, but I think that's the the context has to be if she was at home for two, three, four, five years, and then I think that's the only way it makes sense to me. Yeah, I I can see it. I get it. Oh my gosh, we we've gotten nowhere on this eight eight topic topic. <laughs> Yeah, because we're only on decision number three now. And decision number three, y'all, is who pays the bills. The important money decision and conversation on who pays the bills. We will be here for another hour, I know, if we even get on this topic at all. So part two. Part two. Part two is coming. Part two. So we're <laughs> we're gonna pick this thing up at decision three. Who pays the bills? We're gonna talk about the male dilemma being excessive control. Um, so I, I nah, I didn't know we was gonna go like this. I did. <laughs> I knew we was gonna go like this. I didn't think it was gonna go through two, but it is what it is. Um, part two coming. Uh, so it'll be a good conversation. Yeah, Healthy well, let's talk about it. Well, listen, uh, thanks for tuning in, uh, in again to the So Let's Talk About It podcast. Uh, we're your host, Malcolm and Brittany Garrison. And you can follow us. Uh, you can follow me at uh, Brittany Donnell on Instagram. And you can follow me at Malcolm underscore two underscores Garrison. And you can follow the show at So Let's Talk About It pod and uh, pod. Yes, on Instagram. And then, y'all, I know y'all, we're we're getting flooded with emails in regards to questions. Like we said, we're going to start addressing them on season two. Um, but you can submit questions in, in regards to this topic or topics that we've already discussed um, at so let's talk about it pod at gmail.com. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, share. Um, let us hear your Leave thoughts a comment um, on what, what on you like so far. Y'all, this season so far, we've been talking about just um, really, um, oh, we didn't talk about our life lesson. Because uh, we, we don't have a life lesson. It ain't done yet. Okay. This got ain't it. done To yet. be continued. So yeah, this is a series, life obviously. Lesson, right. This is definitely a series. But we've been just talking about, like, you know, what did we say we were talking about this season? What, this season? We're talking about, uh, one, life transitions we've talked about already. Yeah. A lot uh, of major life transitions, but also um, life realizations. The realizations, life realizations that we've and, had. Yeah. These things that you, that you now discover as you're. Going into probably your new decade in life, mm-hmm. or if you're in your uh, late twenties or early thirties, whatever, you just sometimes you just have a different outlook on life. You see things differently. You see yourself differently, mm-hmm. and you have you're more willing to have the difficult conversation either with yourself, with your spouse, or with your friends and family. Uh, so hopefully, these conversations spark that conversation within your dichotomy. Yeah, well, we're 
we're excited. We, I'm, I'm definitely excited to get to uh, part two of this episode or this topic. Um, so we'll see you guys on the next episode. Like I said, don't forget to subscribe, um, like, share, rate the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever it is that you're listening. Um, drop us a comment on YouTube and let's connect and let's continue to have conversations that are going to be life changing. And so, um, oh, join the Patreon because we've talked about some stuff that's going to be really, really, really crazy. Um, even in this topic that we're going to do for patrons only. So go ahead and join the Patreon and everything will be in the show notes and we'll see you guys on part two of this episode. All right. See you. All right, Joe.